Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Welcome, Catherine Dean, to the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. Woohoo! Glad to be here. Love it, love it. So excited to have you on the show and to talk about how we can empower ourselves to have our best financial year ever in 2021 and beyond. (laughs) So I am going to tell my audience a little bit about you. Catherine Dean is known, known as the Financial Empowerment Woman. She has helped hundreds of business owners, couples, and women achieve wealth. She is the founder of Living Your Worth, Inc. and the Wealth to Freedom Formula. I'm so excited to talk about that. She has an MBA and is a certified financial planner. She is an advocate for women's equal pay, owning their worth, and showing up authentically and standing in their power, which is all stuff that we stand for at the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show, which is why you're the perfect guest. So, Catherine, let's get right into it. You've helped hundreds of people achieve wealth. What has been their most common obstacle that they all had to overcome? Worth. Ooh. Not worth financial, not as far as like how much assets, how many assets you have, but worth as far as stepping into who you authentically, powerfully should be showing up in the world. But because we've listened to naysayers and we hear, you know, stuff going on in the media and what's going on around us, we tend to play a small game. Therefore, we don't have the confidence to step into what we should be earning and therefore don't accumulate assets. So it's like this ripple effect down because we don't think we're worthy and deserving of what we really are. So how can people do the inner work first to increase their self-worth so that they can start acquiring wealth and assets and a portfolio? 
Perfect. Uh, so many, I mean, there's so many different, uh, so many different ways I could go here. I'll just suggest a few because I don't want, there's no overwhelm becomes sometimes an obstacle, right? That's an yeah. obstacle. It's like, oh my God, Catherine told me 25 things. Where do I start? So let's start on affirmations. Uh, I really discovered affirmations about 10 years ago and found it really impactful. Uh, at first it was just reading, you know, I would read in the morning and I'd read at night. And then all of a sudden I would listen to other people and other gurus and in professional development space that said, look at yourself in the mirror as if you're having a loving conversation with that person in the mirror. And that became like, oh my God, you know, that was one of those things on, wow, like that shifted everything because I'm actually affirming to myself and should love myself the most, right? I mean, that's the way if we show up that way, we're unstoppable, we're unbreakable because we know our worth then. So that was, that's one way we can start. Well, let's there. talk about that. Mirror work. Mirror work is so powerful. How many minutes do you spend in the mirror? What are some of the things you say to yourself? How many times a day? Like how does your mirror work look? Perfect. Always in the morning and always at night. And I'm going to tell you why I do both, right? Um, in the mornings, usually when I get out of the shower, drying off, I have I, and it changes over time. It depends on what my goals are and everything, but I'll have a piece of paper printed out. I read that piece of paper. Like right now, Abraham Hicks, there's a whole thing on well-being. So I read my whole affirmation about well-being. Then I uh, confirm to myself what my goals are. I also talk about my worth, what I forgive myself for, and what I'm going to, like, what am I going to do in the day? What is my intention for the day? And it sounds like a lot, but it's usually about three minutes, like three minutes. You're drying yourself off, putting your, you know, getting yourself all zhuzhed up, brushing your hair, right? So um, three minutes, very simple, right? In, a, in 24 hours, you can come up with three minutes in the morning. And yeah. then at night, after I brush my teeth, because I and now remember, I'm saying it out loud and I'm saying it to myself. So I'm not brushing my teeth and saying it in my head. Right. You know, that can be like the bad neighborhood. We don't want to be in our heads all the time. Because your inner self can't understand you when your mouth is full of toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We need like, we need to like step aside a little bit, let the brain step aside. Yeah. Uh, so we really, so what I do, similar to what I'm doing in the morning, I actually um, applaud myself. I know it, I know it sounds weird. Like I'm applauding that inner child of mine. And congratulating myself on what I accomplished that day. Because there are times I'll go to bed and I know I did 100 things, but I don't celebrate them. And then I'm like, but I still have 150 on this side to do. So I can get, and I'm very, um, I'm a, a very driven person. So I can get stuck in the 150 I need to do, not like here, but you did 100 over here. So similar to what I do in the morning, I also do it in the evening. And I'll tell you why. Um, I always do it in the evening right before I'm going to bed. I usually, when I read at night, it's not like a, like a novel, like a story novel. It's usually some sort like personal development or something I'm working on because subconsciously it gets into your brain, you fall asleep, and now your brain's working on it all night long. Mm. So it's beautiful because then you wake up in the morning. Usually I don't shower until I, I have coffee and all that kind of stuff if you want to know my personal routine. So I give myself a little bit of time in the morning. I started a meditation routine as well. Um, you can see over here on my left is like my Himalayan sea salt, my, you know, my pillows and everything. And I focus there a little bit on the intention. And then when I go to shower, I really talk to myself more. Because and if I don't, and I'll be perfectly honest, if I don't have that time in the morning, I am off for the day. I'm off because my intention 
I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm thinking to myself, like, wh- what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Because, you know, because I, I'm in the, I've gotten in the routine, you know, just like meditation. Some people meditate for 20 minutes. Some people for one, just do what you can do, right? Yes. Start somewhere. You don't have to do 20 minutes right out of the gate, right? I love that you celebrate your wins at the end of the day. So do you read the, the printed out thing and celebrate your wins at the end of the day? Yes. Yeah. It's a, you know, I appreciate you for, and then I go through it. Um, I'm like, when you, when you're just a type A driver personality, you're always like chasing the carrot for the next thing. Right, absolutely. And it seems like you, you're never enough. See, this comes back to the value. It's like, well, I'm not enough because I didn't do all these things or right. I'm not worthy because I didn't do it. But when you celebrate it, you become into that abundant state of mind so that your, your whole, just your energy. And I know energy work is huge for me. I didn't quite realize it that I was an, an like an empath for very long. Like I'd walk in a room by like, Whoa, I, I need to get out of here. You know, right? I have to mentally prepare myself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that's what it was. I just thought I was in overwhelm. Right. Getting really close to what's here and what's dri- like what your drivers are. And I know that we're talking about money, right? But I'm, tra- I'm literally talking about the holistic way of showing up in the world so that you can have the abundance you want in your life. And worth is tied to abundance, regardless Absolutely. of how we look at it. It's totally tied. So tell me about the company you started called, is that the perfect tie-in or what? Living Your Worth Inc.? <laughs> yeah, that uh, evolved about, that evolved in 2015. Uh, five years prior to that, I had gone through a divorce and I was a single mom with a one and a three-year-old at home, two girls. Mm. And I financially, even though I was in the industry itself, I financially fell flat on my rear end. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in a house that was a two-income household, uh, you know, now all of a sudden I'm one income. It was one of these things like I, it was a whole juggling act, right? And through my own trials and tribulations. So it was one of those things like um, I made a commitment. See, this is that commitment and intention. I'll never financially be on my rear end again. Like that was, I knew that was what it was going to be. I just didn't know how I was going to do that. So over the course of the next three years, it was starting to create some residual and passive income. It was taking steps and failures, right? I failed along the way. So I finally got to the point that people started asking me how I did it. And then I said, well, I finally stepped into my worth. Like that was my overall arching. I didn't, I didn't know it at the time, but I totally undervalued myself, um, which probably led to partial, partially led to the divorce, right? Because I just wasn't being me. And uh, so when I stepped into that, it was people, when people started asking me, I was like, oh my God, there, I'm not the, and I hid my divorce for a while. Like I hid all those emotions because I had such shame and such regrets and what, like, how could this happen to me? Like I was very victimized. And then when I realized, wait, I'm not a victim. Look, look in the last three years, what I've done, I started sharing that because there were so many women, like 50 plus percent of people get divorced. It wasn't. But in my head, I just, how could it have happened to me? Does that make sense? Like, it was like, how does this happen? And then I said, you know what? It's not just divorce. It's also women that want to be independent and they want to be financially independent. And when you step into your worth with so many things, uh, I'm actually reading, I was reading an article before we got on the phone that women are now transitioning, like, 
they work 20 years in an industry, they're, they're like, I, I don't even like what I do. Like, this isn't yeah. what I want to do the rest of my life. I did it because maybe I had kids and I had a support, but now it's me time and it's okay to value and align yourself with where you're going and step into that person. Right. So that's what living your worth is all about. I think that this pandemic has caused a lot of people to look back on the first half of their life and go, wow, like I hated that job anyway. And I'm so much happier at home. And I think this is the renaissance for home-based businesses because people are actually so much happier working from home than getting in the car, going through the rush hour, working nine to five, you know, taking a half hour for lunch or eating at their desk. It's just so much more holistic to work at home. Yeah. And you, I, we, you and I both live on in areas where the traffic is immense, right? So we can probably relate more than to people in more rural areas about that, but it's true. It's like all you're trading so many, so much time for dollars. Right. And when you realize how much better your life can be when you have that well-being, which is why I read that affirmation, when you have that well-being and that mindset of I'm going to create my life for me, you First of all, you show up differently for yourself. You show up differently for your family, for your friends, for everybody around you. And you're just a calmer, more at peace person. And I love that. You know, then you're able to create income, right? Because you're not in a state of fury or stress. Yeah, people don't realize that because I called this show Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant. Being calm and being peaceful and stress-free is a huge part of manifesting wealth. Why don't you speak into that? Because I think... We're taught, oh, you got to like run, 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 fast, 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 work hard, play hard. And it's got to be frenetic. And it's got to be like the floor of the New York Stock Exchange or you're standing and screaming. And I don't think that that is the healthiest way to manifest your abundance. So can you speak into that, that you can actually manifest being calm? (laughs) I can. I'll definitely speak to that because I was that person. So I know like the the chaotic, oh my God, I have two minutes. Like I don't, I just don't have enough time. And then you, for me, I can't speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself. I was trying to do too much in too little time and financially fell on my rear end. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Like I, you know, I was a new mom and trying to juggle and, you know, on the outside, make everything look perfect. White picket fence, golden retriever, two beautiful young girls, like on the outside, but on the inside, I literally was falling apart. My finances were in a state of distress. I was in a a complete state of distress, which then goes on to my children and my finances were a complete mess. So it's like, it just all worked out after I started to realize, oh my God, what I started following like the greater leaders, like female leaders, how do they show up when they're interviewing? How are they like, and I started to see, oh my God, they just, they're so confident and unshakable within that once you start to show up that way, the pre- your presence and your energy in the world, so that energy and that wealth starts to come to you. And I'm not saying, and because some people get frustrated when I say this sometimes, and I'll, and I'll clarify a little bit. If I say like meditate and all of a sudden wealth comes to you, no, there's action steps, right? We right. got to take action, but we can take action from a space of loving ourselves and at common peace, then taking it from a state of distress and craziness because number one, Without your health, you have no wealth. Right. Health is wealth. They say that's wealth. You know, my dad, uh, unfortunately, passed at 67 years old, so really retirement age. Yeah. And busted his rear end for so many years and never got to enjoy it. So that was another defining moment for me was like, oh, my God. 
he, I, I watched him bust his rear end and he didn't even get to enjoy it long-term. Like why would anybody want to do that to themselves? Right. So we really need to be um, conscious of the energy we're putting out around money as well. So um, this is a great example. And, you know, I, I'm not putting anybody down who loves like gadgets and things like that. Right. So iPhones or a phone in general, like I'll always go for, okay, whatever the trade-in is, or, you know, some for business now I'll go, a li- I'll spend a little more money, but I don't care as long as it does the job, it takes the right photos, it does the right thing. I can get on calls and it, I don't drop calls. I'm perfectly content. Yep. Um, you know why? Because I'm, I don't have to pay that back or pay debt or pay double for it by using debt. But some people find love in things, items, right? Right. And when you find love or you find self-assurance um, in items, it just causes more chaos because when that credit card bill comes in or that bill comes in, you don't have the money to pay it. So it's like it starts this constant cycle. And sometimes you just get used to it. And a lot of people just get comfortable in their lives the way it is that they can't see. Can you imagine life without debt? Like, can you imagine all the income that's coming in starts working for you? Like, that's where I find it really exciting. Like, I get to work for a dollar, but in 10 years, it's going to be worth 100. Like, how do I do that? You know, so my mindset also had to shift around it, right? I like that because people are willing to pay the price of debt for the love of things. And that's called consumerism. That's how... They get us to buy things that we can't afford. And I know there's a huge trend right now to get out of debt and be debt free and to not put, it's like a trend of minimalism, right? Like we don't need so much stuff that we're not going to have any freedom. So what kind of advice can you give our listeners about getting out of debt? Because I know that the average American has probably, what is it now? Like 30,000 of credit card debt. So how do we get out of that? Um, Number one is you like with everything, if it's, you want to build wealth, you want to make more income, you just have to make a decision mm-hmm. and you have to not, this is perfect. Cause that, you know, the mere exercise affirmations, just make a decision and stick with it. Like, and we give up, it's so interesting. We give up on ourselves so much easier than giving up on other people. Right. So we'll give up on our dreams and goals because somebody wants us to do something or somebody, you know, somebody we're self-sabotaging ourselves. So with debt, Things that might cost a thousand dollars after you pay it over the course of ten years is twenty five hundred. So what I this is what I, I tell people to do, and really really simple. Get a list, and if you don't like Excel, that's okay because I'm an Excel person. But if you don't like Excel, totally okay. Get a piece of paper, write down every single debt that you have. Like call not that you're calling one on yourself, but you're getting a full picture of where you're at. And there's not no right or wrong. It just is, right? It is what it is. And make a commitment to yourself that if it's $30,000, you're going to pay that off and by when and how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. So if you know that you're bringing in and you have like an extra $300 a month and you're willy-nilly spending it on stuff because it makes you feel better, think about when you start to pay that off, what your life would be without having all that interest, all those credit cards coming in, all that stress. How would your life be? Envision what your life will be without debt. Um, Really, really important that you see yourself in that future self. Visualization. Yeah, Yeah. visualization. Feel into what it would feel like without having those bills come in every month. Yeah, it's, you know, 
you might initially it's going to, it might burn a little bit because you're not getting the things that you want mm-hmm. and you're going to have to have the tools within to know when you don't get those things, what you're like, it's not because you don't love yourself. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that. You are committed to a bigger picture over here. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you don't need the boots or you don't need that, the latest technology, whatever it is, that's okay. Because you know, over here, your goal is this much bigger. It's, mm-hmm. you know, so if you think about that, having, and even this is the other thing. And I talk, there's debt. And then there's also like, oh my God, what happens if my furnace goes in my house and we don't, and then it's like, oh my God, now I have to use my credit card because I don't have any savings for that. So there's, there's a very slippery slope with having a bunch of debt and also having expenses that pop up. And what are you going to do? I mean, right now I when we were talking before it's 20, it was 23 degrees in New York. Like I can't not have my heat flowing right now. Right. It would cause more damage in the house. So, um, so just getting a little bit in control and writing it all out. And I, re- I always recommend, and I know there's, uh, there are other people out there that recommend going for the biggest amount first. I like to talk about going with the highest interest rate first. And you can negotiate mm-hmm. with the credit cards, your interest rates. Yes. You can call them and negotiate. And there is a way to manage and balance and move things around with credit cards. But just know that... Um, you just have to have a little bit of tough skin because when you call, it's not, you know, this is where they make all their money. And unfortunately, yeah. and unfortunately we live in a society that credit card debt is everything, right? And, yeah. you know, using debt. Uh, so just know that you might get a little pushback and that's okay because you're advocating and stepping into your worth by advocating for yourself. Absolutely. Right? A lot yeah. of people don't know that you can negotiate the interest rate and the amount of payoff in a credit yeah. card debt. It's amazing. amazing. So let's talk about this formula. Maybe we're already talking about it by getting out of debt. (laughs) We're totally, we're getting into it. What is this wealth to freedom formula? Perfect. Well, number one is, like I said, like you just have to say, I'm going to create a better financial life for myself. So I talk about um, affirmations. We talk about visualization. Where do you want to be? And it's not just three months from now. What do you want your life to look like five, 10 years down the line? Um, we all know, like, especially the last year in, pan- in this pandemic, like it went by like that, like two seconds, we're done with the year. We can't even believe we're coming up on a year that we're all quarantined, right? Yep. Um, so know that four year, like four, five, six, like 10 years goes really quickly. And putting a plan in place, you'd be shocked how much you can actually start saving and you can change your life. You can change your life in six months if you're, you know, financial life, if you, if that's what you're committed to. And so it's get, it's actually getting comfortable with the money conversation. So it's transforming the relationship you have with money, Mm. right? Um, We, people will say relationship, like you have a relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a relationship with money for sure. We like it, we hate it, we covet it. Like there's so many emotions that tie to money because let's face it, it's not going away. It's our form of exchange. It just, it just is. It's just our life, right? Like we, this is how we survive. Um, good, bad, and different. You might have opinions on that and that's okay. Like everybody might have opinions on it, but we do need it to survive, right? Yep. Um, so it's just getting clear that money's just paper. I wish I had some dollars and stuff. Like money's just paper. It's not... Like when you look at a $20 bill, it's not screaming at you. It's not crying. It's, 
you know, it's, it's just a form of exchange and a tool for things that we might want in our lives and access to things that we might want um, and a different life that we, we might want. So when we think about money or the tool of it, think about like, how do I think about money? And I talk about starting a journal and getting really comfortable, like, no, when that credit card bill comes in and it says $18,000 on it, and you're like, oh my God, how did I spend $5,000 and add to it last month? That's where you want to get really clear on maybe why am I doing this? Can I return some stuff? Why am I, you know, like, why am I, do I keep going through this cycle over and over again? And I'm not saying you can't use credit cards. Don't get me wrong. Like I use credit cards. I have a business and I have two different businesses I use them with. No big deal. But I make sure that I'm not keeping balances because I don't want my $100 item to be $250 long term. You know, and if I don't have the money, I won't. There are times at times I will use 0% financing just because I, if I'm borrowing somebody else's money for free, why not? I can accumulate my own assets the other, on the other, for the other money. So wow, really so that money. I yeah. wish I, I don't know if I have a dollar on me. I do. I actually have a 20. So oh, perfect. This, it's just paper guys. It's just paper. Literally we have, we put all our stuff, right? Our issues, our, our past failures, whatever it means to us, we can be neutral. I think that what you're saying is you, we get to recreate from a neutral perspective and take all the, the heaviness or burden that we associate with it away and just say, it's paper. I need this to function in society because this is what I exchange for goods and services. And and kind of reset your mind on how you think about money. Don't, don't be emotional. So many people, including myself and just my family, are so emotional about money. If an unexpected expense comes and it's like, oh, it's the end of the world. It's like, how how can we take the emotion out and just be more neutral? I really like that distinction. Yeah, the, the neutrality of it uh, will open up your space to be able to earn more and to be able to get it working for you too, right? Because if, if there's like any energy in the world, if it's like, oh, like when the, I love that you held that up, by the way, because somebody looked at that and said, oh, I have another bill to pay. Or somebody looked at that and said, oh my God, opportunity. Or they said, I want more of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So I love that you just did that. I'm so glad you had it. I should, I wish I would have brought it over, but um, it makes a big difference because when you come from that space of it's just a tool and, and believe me, there's a lot of work that goes into that. I'm not saying we, we have childhood embedded emotions around money. Yeah. We were told no or yes, or we were spoiled or we were told we don't have enough. Like, and that's not our parents' fault. That's what they were taught. You know, people are more enlightened, I think, now. My, my mom is, you know, 79 years old. So different generation, right? Um, and my father-in-law is from the Depression era. So you can imagine, I mean, you can imagine the differences in the conversations, you know. But we have so many opportunities now. Like, we are, glo- you can have a global business and be making money 24 hours a day and creating, like, your team worldwide. Like, it's mind-blowing the access we have now. Yeah, you could be, people are making money from their pajamas working from home. It's just incredible. Exactly, exactly. So let's say you're taking a client through like a typical uh, plan for retirement. So we talked about getting out of debt, which is the first step. So then what's the next step? How can someone who knows nothing about financial planning, 
start their plan for retirement? Um, good question. Okay. So this is, this is a great question, actually. So if you have a 401k, 403b, if you work for somebody, always utilize, always utilize that. First of all, it's a vehicle um, that is put in place so that you can start saving for retirement and start getting in action. Um, most plans have a match, like you're giving up free money. If somebody has a 5% match and you're not putting any money in, you're losing 5% of additional money that you could be having for retirement. So that's number one. Number two is if you work for yourself, there's IRAs, there's SEP IRAs, there's different ways that you can start putting money away for yourself. And I see it a lot in the coaching space. And the reason I see it a lot is because I also have been working with a lot of people in the coaching space. You, there are a lot of people that say they make multiple six figures, they make um, million dollars a year, which is all great, but they haven't even set aside money for retirement. So let's call one on ourselves and be like, well, at this point, what can we do right now to start saving so that, because I don't see myself working 40 hours, 50 hours a week when I'm 60 years old. Like that is not my projection for myself. And I know right. normal retirement age right, for most people is 67. And no, 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 I'm done way before that. Like I'm going to be working because I want to work, not because I have to work, right? Yes. So this, these are all the considerations. We talked about a 10-year plan before, like retirement for a lot of people probably listening is like 30 years out. Mm-hmm. And remember, we live longer, so retirement might be 30 years, but it might be like 50 years of, you know, full t- like long-term retirement because you need 20 years of retirement money. Right. So always sooner the better. Always whatever you can do right now is perfect. Um, even if I tend to say, even if you have debt, start saving something because I, what I have known for a lot of people is let's say you get $2,000 a week into your account. Somehow your brain, your subconscious will spend $2,000. Yeah. What comes in will go out, you know? Um, so if it's coming out automatically without you seeing, so let's say you're 2000, but 500 is going aside. Beautiful. Because that means that you're saving money every month. So try to do it and call one on your subconscious brain and do it before you actually see the funds available to you. So it's um, so, an yeah. automated system where there's a certain amount coming out every month and going into retirement. So what is the best way to start? Is it the, take that 500 and put it in savings or um, if you're self-employed, put it in an IRA and then I want you to speak into Roth versus regular IRA too. Okay, you didn't cool. know I was going to ask you all these. <laughs> you thought it was going to be this airy-fairy, woo-woo, like, no, I'm getting right into it. I love it. I love it. So this is perfect. So I, if you are anybody that doesn't have any sort of emergency fund, we want to have set aside money in savings, Right recommended and I'll, this is my CFP talk. So recommended is three months. Uh, if you are a joint couple that has joint expenses, cause usually if one's out of work, the other one isn't, that's kind of how they look at the rule. Yep. If you're single six months of expenses. Now I'm not saying expenses on you go out to dinner five times a week. I'm saying like, like your expenses that you need to survive. Sorry. I don't know what that was flying <laughs> by me. <laughs> I'm not just fairy in the sky. Um, And then the other thing is, so we want that, we want something set aside, right? Because once you put it into retirement, I don't even want you to think about that for years to come. Like that is, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, I have this little fund on the side that I can extract from when I need it. Like 
no, 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 we don't, I don't want that. So then there is traditional and there's Roth IRA. Traditional is after tax money. And it depends on your income. If you get a, you know, there's, there's multiple things. And I would say, talk to your accountant, depending on your income and if there's write-offs and et cetera, et cetera. But you can put money in your retirement over here. And if you're over 50, there's a catch-up amount you can put in. So if you haven't started, you could really start to put some money away for yourself. What does that mean? The Roth amount. I've never heard yeah. of that. So, yeah. So when you turn 50, because of the retirement savings crisis in the United States, they allow people 50 and above to put away, usually it's like an extra $1,000 a month, depending if 401k, it's a little more, but in it's an extra, it's extra money in your IRA that you can set aside so mm-hmm. that you can start saving a little quicker. So you're allowed to invest more annually in your IRA over 50. Correct. Okay, yep. good. Yep. And then the Roth option is, is not pre, it's after tax. It's not pre-tax. So it goes, your Roth goes in there. The, the only thing about Roth, and this is where I get really like, Ooh, I, is you can take out without penalty. And I say that because I don't want you to use Roth as a savings vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want that Roth to be set aside and accumulating over time, right? So I, that's why I'm like, I wince a little bit when I say that because everybody thinks, oh, but then I have that money on the side. And then, um, and then comes to 67, you're like, oh my God, I have no money to retire on, right? So uh, definitely, I always say speak to somebody to help you set up a financial plan because everybody's goals are different, you know? Like I, I love how you said minimalistic before. One of my dreams is either like a treehouse, like like a function, not like a sit in and it's cold, like a real treehouse. Yeah, or a tiny home somewhere on a lot of acreage. Yeah, why not? I'm a I'm a tree hugger by heart. Like that's who I am as a person. And for me, that's something that is achievable pretty quickly. But I don't see it right now. You know, my kids are not out of school or anything. And. Uh, but for other people, it might be, you know, I want to retire and I want to be able to have a very big house. So when my grandkids come, like everybody's goals are different mm-hmm. and they change over time. And that's the beauty of having choice in life. And that's, I have to say, that's the beauty of, you know, women that we get to create our own lives for ourselves. Beautiful. So, Let's yeah. go back to the IRAs. Yeah. So the Roth is not tax deductible. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Because it's, it's after tax dollars going in. And it might end any traditional um, contribution may not be tax deductible depending on your income, joint or individual. Yeah. And then the Roth, once you make a certain amount of income, you can't contribute anymore. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. What so is that cut off? I want to say, oh God, they cha- maybe 160. It depends if it's married or, or individual or head of health. Everything, it, it differs. So about if you make over 160, you know, yeah, we somewhere, it's that. somewhere within, exactly because it changes yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, you can't contribute to a Roth, so you would want to go into a regular IRA. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, like I say, max out your retirement if you do have, because if you have, if, if you're a business owner and you have employees, you could set up a 401k for yourself too. Right. Well, that's obviously the best because like you said, if they have matching, so that means if you take 5% out of your check every month for your 401k and the company matches it with their 5%, that is how you really can accumulate wealth. So that's, that is one of the perks of keeping your corporate job. So <laughs> let's talk about life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, is this important to invest in? And if so, at what age do you recommend? Perfect. Uh, I'm not going to pinpoint an age just because some, like I just, I had a conversation with a woman yesterday, not far from you actually, 
who had her, she has an 18 month old and she's about my age. So we're in totally different realms, right? Like she's just starting out having kids and mine are 12 and 14. So her life insurance needs are going to be different depending on what her mortgage is and um, what cost she needs to cover. Mm-hmm. So I tend to, I'm not a product pusher, by, but if I do a full financial plan and you are a single mom and you have no life insurance for your kids and if something happens to you, they're not going to be taken care of, okay, there's a need for life insurance. Right. You know, um, if you have $5 million in the bank and if you passed away, there's a trust for your kids, probably don't need life insurance. It depends on what people want it for. A lot of times you can get it through work. Um, a lot of times work will give you um, will give you some sort of life insurance option up front. Uh, if you're a teacher, you can get it through some most of your teachers associations, depending. Um, and there is, oh my God, there's so many different types of life insurance, right? There's term, there's uh, whole life, there's variable universal life, there's um, long-term care insurance. Like, That's what I want to talk about next. So. Yeah. You know, nursing facilities are very expensive. I know because my dad was in one uh, 2014 to 16, and his was 12 grand a month. And literally, my inheritance was spent on his nursing home. So, what is long term care? Can you explain that to my listeners? Because they might want to think about investing. Yep. Um, and I, my mother actually is living in a long-term care facility and she has a long-term care insurance policy. So thank, thank goodness. God. Yes. Um, because it's your daughter. <laughs> she probably <laughs> stood her up with one. Because, well, ages ago, right? So, yeah. um, but she's 79 and my family tends to live until their 90s. So it's like, I don't know, is she covered? You know, like it's one of those things you plan for, right? Um, yes, long-term care can be super, super expensive. So we talked about health is wealth before. This is another reason why your health is so important that you pay attention to it. Um, and again, I advocate only for that because I see what happens when people, I, I see the older generations because now when I'm working, I'm working with the second generation, right? Um, so long-term care insurance is basically a policy that you buy Um, It gets more expensive, just like any insurance as you get older. And it is a sum of monies, depending on what you get, to go towards a long-term care facility. So it's somewhere so that there's two out of six ailments that you need to qualify and everything. I'm not going to get too much into that. not going to get into that. But But it it supplements your living expenses if you need to go into a facility or you need to have somebody come into your home as you get older to take care of you. That's real. I mean, that's the simplest yeah. version of what that is. And how old, I know you don't want to give a specific age, yeah. but ballpark is a good time to start your long-term care policy because Perfect. I know the older you get, the more expensive it gets. Yeah. And it varies per state too, as far as what's offered. So start to look late forties, early fifties into a plan because, um, when you get upper fifties into sixties, they become really pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's easier to it's like easier to chew off the bite here versus when you're older here because your mortality starts to increase, right? So um, you can always look into it younger if you want, just to see what the cost would be, um, because you know they have mortuary rates on their side too that they're working with. So that's why it's less expensive younger. But I'd say late forties, early to mid fifties is when you should at least start to look into it, have an idea of what it costs. Yeah, I am just initiating my first long term care policy, so 
I am, I'm a huge believer in it. So now that we went through all the heavy financial stuff, let's go back to the woo-woo stuff. Okay. So how does one woman owning her power financially allow others to do the same? I know that was part of your bio. So let's, let's finish up with that because I think that's a really inspiring note to end on. Oh, I love that. Um, think about when you're together with your girlfriends or you're together in a family setting or I don't have sisters, I have older brothers, but when you're t- together with your, you know, your mom and whoever it is around you, and you start to talk about something that you've done, such as, oh my God, I started to save for retirement. And just, first of all, let's talk about just getting into the financial conversation. Let's just start there. You get more comfortable. You get more comfortable. Um, be open to what people tell you about money but you don't have to always take their advice. Everybody has an opinion, right? Um, but when you start to talk about it and then you start to maybe empower your children, talking to your girlfriends about it, hey, like, did you know that as we're solopreneurs and we could start IRAs to save for retirement? I heard this thing. It, what it does is it opens up that female financial conversation, mm-hmm. which then allows others to start to be curious about a financially free future. And I have seen it over and over and over again when we start to embrace it as not this bad thing because uh, unfortunately, I think in society, women are not taught to talk about money. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't go around and be like, oh my God, I just got a $100,000 bonus. Like it just, it's not, you'll hear men more talk about it, right? Um, and that's okay. We just have to now step into our power to be able to speak about money and be really comfortable and allow yourself just to be a little vulnerable about it because you don't, you have no idea your neighbor next door, your best friend, family members, what they're going through. And you might just be that, that little bit of a caveat that changes their financial life in the future. So that's, it's beautiful when we start talking about it, <laughs> as vulnerable that's, as it can be. That's exactly what happened to me when I was in LA. I became friends with these women that were all like mortgage brokers and they were all buying homes at a very young age, you know, we were in our early 30s. And I was like, Oh, my God, well, they're buying a home, I better buy a home. And then I would hang out with them at certain bars. And they were in Manhattan Beach. And you know, usually at bars in LA, it's like, well, what do you do for work, right? In Manhattan Beach, like Mm -hmm. literally, someone would meet you within two seconds and be like, do you own or you rent? And I'm like, what? Like, this is like a real conversation. Because I guess, real estate is so expensive and it's so profitable in Manhattan Beach, California, that it's like, yeah, do you own or you rent? Like people are not judging each other by what they do, but if they're homeowners or renters, I was like, this is so wild. So I actually felt like because of the people I was hanging around with, like I'd be crazy not to own property. Yeah. And that's really, that really helped me out getting into the real estate market at such a young age. So yeah, we do really empower each other by having these conversations So this has been so amazing. You have such a passion. I love that you merge spirituality and affirmations with money. That's so cool. I totally believe they're connected. I have seven pillars of abundance, and I feel that they're all connected. Spirituality, health, emotional, romantic, mental, social, financial, and it's holistic. And people think oh, I'll make a lot of money and then I'll hire a trainer and then I'll be in great shape and then I'll go on a dating app and then I'll meet my soulmate. But it's like they all work together. So, And I think money is the last piece of the puzzle. Like 
you get your health in order, you get your, you know, soulmate, you get your group of friends and money. Sometimes it's the last piece of the puzzle that comes in. I agree with you. I agree. Because you have to figure out all that, all, all of that energy going on around you mm-hmm. to have, I think, because the universe is like, oh, they're ready for it. They're ready right. for abundance, you know? Yeah. And you have to be able to keep it. It's not cash flow. It's cash stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's actually yes. stick to you and accumulate. Agreed. So this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show, Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant. So how do people keep in touch with you? What's your website, your oh. uh, social media handles? I'm sure people are going to want to learn more about you after this. Well, thank you for the invite. It's been wonderful. I feel like I know you. I, I love this. Um, and you can... Um, my it's so funny. Catherine and Mary Dean on Facebook. Very simple. I look just like this in the picture pretty close. Um, the wealthy woman within on Instagram, my website is katherinedeanbrands.com has all my information on it. Really simple to find me. Great. And we'll have, we'll have all that in the show notes. Now, if you're listening to this on Facebook live, share this to a friend's wall, tag a friend, empower someone financially. And if you're listening to the podcast, please give this a five-star review and share this with a friend. We are grassroots movement. We don't have sponsors. We are homegrown, and we love our listeners. So thank you so much for sharing the podcast with a friend who would love some financial empowerment. I mean, who wouldn't, right? So thank you in advance for sharing this. Thank you so much, Catherine, for being on the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. And I look forward to seeing you all next week when we have another amazing expert. Bye. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's cold and